Apparently, somebody's buying our shit. We still got a big old box of t-shirts over there, though, so... Did you um, ever get one to your mom? No, no, I was going to mail it, actually, with this one, since I... I'm going to have to go to the post office anyways. Yeah. Well, um, not together in the same package. You're going to separate them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I'm going to put the correct address on. I figured out what the problem was the first time, like eight months ago when I tried to mail it. Mm-hmm. Her address is 90210. And really I put helps. 903. So it made it all the way up there and then got turned back. They could have figured because that, that out. Because that house doesn't exist. Do you know what I, I guess? I don't fucking know. When I was sending out thank you cards after my baby shower, um, <laughs> I sent one to, I was trying to send it to my cousin and I used her like number street address, but like the name of my street. And it got sent to someone else in the neighborhood that was like close to that number. And then he came and like brought it to me and was like, um, they this is not her and i was like yeah that's this street why and then he was like i don't know but they sent it to, like him it's not it wasn't even the same street he did not live on my street he lived in the neighborhood but they sent it to the house address that was in the neighborhood versus on that street i thought it was really strange but he like hand delivered it back to me and i was like i'm so stupid sorry <laughs> and he was like weird. it's fine yeah i don't know hmm. well yeah mail send both of those out at the same time um so kathleen you will be getting your shirt soon um sorry okay (laughs) dude i went on like an editing spree this past weekend Uh and i mean i edited like three it was like both of our patreons like too many episodes and marilyn so i edited like five things where'd you have the time i don't fucking know okay and then well jake was researching so he was in here so i couldn't paint so i could just edit in my room Mm. so anyways yeah so anyways i edited a bunch and every fucking episode you do that and every time now I point it out. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Sorry. Anyways, it's fine. It's um, we not also, on purpose. <laughs> we also have some new patrons. Hooray. Oh, yeah. Like I mentioned on, I don't remember when, on one of these episodes, I was like, nobody ever rates us anymore. Yeah. Which still like nobody really writes us anymore. Um, but we did get one email from, uh, remember the dude who sent his corgis asses yeah. to us? Um, oh yeah he sent a bunch of pictures Rick in South Carolina remember yeah so he sent us a bunch of pictures that he's taken at concerts and they're pretty cool he said I was sorry to hear you're not getting any emails I don't have any reason (laughs) to send one and I'm sure you don't need more pictures of my corgis and their asses I'll take it so here are some concert pictures I've taken over the years with my tiny digital camera and yes I was fucking close to the stage so there's pictures here. They're pretty fucking good. I might post some of these up if I ever remember to. But Alice in Chains, Cheap Trick, Soundgarden, Everclear, George Thorogood, Orinthia, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice Cooper, Elvis Costello, and Tom Petty are all of the, the pictures that we got. When I looked at this on my phone, I saw the pictures and I was like, oh, is that Kid Rock? <laughs> That's I- Cheap Trick. <laughs> I see which one. I know mm-hmm. exactly which one you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I was about. like, ooh, he looks old, but it's not him. Because I was like, man, I wish he would have said who they were. And then I scrolled down. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so no, thank you for being co- thorough. I appreciate cool. that. Pretty um, cool. Yeah, the, the Alice Cooper one's crazy. Yeah, it looks good. Um, 
he's really fucking close to the stage for all of these. The Everclear one looks like a MySpace, like local band dudes. Like, this is my playing on stage guy. Yeah, I'm trying to like line them up with who each person is. So I know. It's Everclear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today on the show, I have a, oh, wait, I meant to say <laughs> we have new patrons. That was the other good news. Like we got some emails and one of them was for a t-shirt. One of them was with these concert pictures. And then the other ones were that we got some new fucking patrons two of them this past week dylan and sarah so thank you guys for subscribing i know sarah actually she's like literally the reason why this podcast exists in a strange way i don't remember if i ever told you guys about this but i'd been like you know we had the Is show your before co-worker your old co-worker yeah sarah? yeah yeah she's old as fuck no i'm just kidding she's no old. she moved right <laughs> yeah she moved to san diego but yeah. like um way back when i might have told this story before but we had the podcast before we didn't fucking like it it sucked Mm -hmm. and we're kind of floating the idea of doing another show and had the idea for this one but just we're lacking the organization to actually put it together like sit down talk about it fucking do it yeah um, and then Sarah, Sarah's into some like she does all the like witchy whatever kind of bullshit stuff. So I don't really, it's not my thing. But she's very big into like spiritual type shit. So anyways, okay. whatever. She fucking tricked me into going to the beach because we used to go up to Ocean View Beach at night and just like sit on the beach when you know there was like a full moon or whatever. And one of the times. She was like, yeah, a couple of the girls are going to come, too. So I was like, oh, OK, whatever. And she was like, yep, just bring a chair and like bring some wine or whatever. Did they try to sacrifice you? No, that would have been cool, though. <laughs> um, but it was close, close. OK. I got up to the beach and I started drinking my wine. And then somebody else shows up, Monica, and she's she. Stop it. <laughs> she has this little cloth thing and she like lays it out. And she was like, OK, and were we supposed to bring four or five stars? crystals and i was like what the fuck is going on here you or were they charging me. their crystals in they the moonlight were charging their crystals because it was a full moon mm, okay <laughs> um so yeah and i was like i don't know what the fuck this is about but uh i was tricked into being here and sarah was like i didn't want to tell you because i didn't i knew you don't like this stuff and so i didn't want you to not come so you know it's fine you don't have to do anything you just sit there and drink and like we're gonna do our whatever kind of bullshit so i was like okay fine so they started doing everyone's card readings Uh and um they went around and did everybody's and then at the end she was like do you want to do it and i was like sure whatever fuck it so she starts reading my cards and she's like basically saying you have this like a lot of potential and if you just actually like do this thing like whatever it is if it's like a relationship or like something at work like if you just put the effort in then it'll be fucking great you know but you have to do it and she's like reading these cards and i was thinking about the podcast and i was like god damn it yeah all right guess i gotta start the show then (laughs) and then as soon as she finished like whatever the reading was for the very last card it was like literally lightning thunder boom and it started pouring and we were like what the fuck and like grabbed our shit and ran back to the car sure it was crazy so i was like well that was a sign maybe this shit is real (laughs) you'll be smited if you do not talk to the internet newsflash though it's not but it's fine whatever (laughs) (laughs) so she's then i like wrote out the plan and came over and that's when we had our first little meeting and we're like all right let's set some fucking deadlines so anyways sarah's the reason why the show really exists because i don't know if i ever would have gotten around to doing it and you know she kind of like inspired me to start and now she's a patron sarah you're fucking late just kidding today 
I have a story that was suggested to me over a year ago that I forgot about because it was just somebody tagged me on Facebook. Uh, my homie Kira was like, you guys should cover bone music. And I remember reading it and I was like, this is a really fucking cool idea. But I never we didn't have the document back then that I just save all the links on uh-huh. when people suggest them. So I forgot about it and it popped up in my memories. And then I read it and I was like, this is cool as fuck. Why didn't we do this last year? Um, so now we are this year. Jake, say literally anything. Have you talked at all? No. <laughs> you haven't said a single word since we started recording. I see, li- I see little <laughs> blips from you. There's like five blips on the audio recording. Well, welcome. There you go. Wow, you're fired. <laughs> see what happens when I try and do things. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to Death by Music podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this mini episode on bone music. I am Jake. I have bones. So uh, you're an authority. Alex is here. I think she has bones. Cassie I got, probably. I got mm. one bone. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, was that it? I guess, yeah. And when we say bone music, we don't mean like like a them se- bones, like, them bones, them dry bones, and then like say, xylophone like, sex music. Oh you know, no! Like, like bone music. Mine went to like a skeleton playing his own ribs. Um. Okay. Where did your mind go, Jake? <laughs> kind of the same thing. Just. <laughs> Uh, music played with bones. Oh, I'm thinking music to bone to, but wow. it's none of those things. I mean, you could bang it on like a drum or something. What? It. The bones. The bone. Uh, <laughs> any bone that your mind is thinking of. Oh. <laughs> that took a minute. I was like, I don't really understand where this is going. Mm-hmm. Bones. Um, Yes. Well, thank you, Kira, for tagging me in this one year ago. <laughs> and uh, anyways, here it is. So this is from Ripple Music on Facebook. I'm going to read the little caption, and then I found another article that went more in depth. So it's probably the most unusual <laughs> record in my collection. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hit my headphone on the microphone. It scared me. Oh. I wasn't paying attention. I thought you hit your face on it. No. I, I, I saw you turn and it went thump. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah, so from Ripple, Ripple Music, it says, probably the most unusual record in my collection, and it's this guy holding up a vinyl that has, like, an x-ray on it of a chest. It says, in post-World War II Russia, Stalin banned the possession of any Western music. All records allowed in the country had to be of Russian composers. There was an underground hungry for Western popular music. Hungary. It makes me wonder, did they like go through everyone's shit and like take all of their like, I don't know, Beatles records? Wait. Yeah. yeah. That's after World War II. <laughs> yeah. Not until the 60s. It- well, yeah. You know, whatever the fuck was popular back <laughs> then. Isn't that what like Monuments Men is about is where they like all of the Nazis were taking anything they wanted from all these people that had like, like artwork specifically that was well, really. Well, this is Russia. Oh. So. Like, their government did not allow any Western music, so they... Oh, they were just like, hiding. What, did they, like, take it from your collection I, if you I already had it? it? I mean, them. do you think they had search warrants? No! They were just popping in people's houses. Yeah. yeah, but, like, that's... Yeah. A, they they're doing the UK green right now. I don't that's think they gave a shit. It's a lot of work. Honestly. I mean, you could just take all your records, bury them in the woods, and then, like, once they check your house, go back out and get... I don't know. It's just, Unless you had I someone tailing you. I just wonder how they enforced this or, like, got rid of the existing ones. Maybe, they, maybe there was just no new music allowed in. 
I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't fucking matter. It says there was an underground hungry for Western popular music, everything from jazz and blues to rock and roll. But smuggling vinyl was dangerous and acquiring the scarce material to make copies of those records that did make it into the country was expensive and very risky. An ingenious solution to this problem began to emerge in the form of bone music or sometimes called bones and ribs music or simply ribs. The McRib is back. Is Sorry, it? No, I'm just saying because that's... I was going to say they usually bring some into the radio station <laughs> and they didn't do it. So like... Wait, I thought it was gone forever. That's what they I say. I was just making a joke. I don't know. It'll Anyways, don't, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> I don't um, know what you like ribs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then I'm going to bounce over to this article by Katerina Papasanasu hmm. um, on Vail Magazine. And it says, post-World War II, a new form of record smuggling emerged in Russia known as bone music. This music revolutionized the way Russians listened to tunes from the Western world. Throughout history, music has served many purposes, for simply entertaining to affecting social change. Joseph Stalin understood the power of music and, as a result, chose to ban the possession of all Western music. For decades, the only records that were allowed in Russia had feature music from Russian composers. What happened when the dictator placed a ban on Western music? A vast underground network formed for those who were desperate uh, to diversify their listening. Bone music originated with a 19-year-old sound engineer named Ruslan Bogoslowski. Bogoslowski, who lived in Leningrad, created a device that helped him to bootleg Western albums and distribute them across Russia. Because he didn't have access to vinyl, he chose to use discarded X-ray film. Bogoslowski paid off orderlies and dug x-ray film out of trash bins to get supplies for his business. Over 20 years, he made more than 1 million bootleg records on the film. That's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Ah, Creating recordings of everyone from the Beach Boys to classical composers. Eventually, he was caught and spent five years imprisoned in Siberia. Many elderly Russians still remember these unique vinyl tape discs from their youth. They featured partial images of skeletons, which is where the names Bone Music and Bones and Ribs came from. Although Bogoslowski eventually had to end his bootlegging operation, he made a huge impact on music-loving Russians. For more than 20 years, Bone Music was the only option for those who wanted to enjoy Western music. These records were often played in kitchens during the music and coffee parties to protect the listeners from the KGB. What? Were they in their house? Was the KGB? Maybe they were only allowed to hang out if they had called it a music and coffee party. I don't know anything about Russia. I would Russia. think that would set off some kind of suspicion because yeah. then they'd be there like, what kind of music are you playing? Also, even God, if you, you were just... sending these records back and forth, I mean, they're still in the shape of a record. Yeah. So... Still seems maybe a little bit dangerous. But he was able to create them on that. So, like, I don't know. You could fucking put it anywhere. Yeah, but if someone tries to take it from you and you're like, oh, you can't take that. It's my x-ray. They're like, why is there a hole in the middle and there are grooves in it? Like, you're like what do you think? I know how to press a record. Like, most people don't know. <laughs> oh, true. They're like, the I didn't do it, which is a complete truth because yeah, they didn't they'd be like why does this look like this be like i don't fucking know how am i supposed to do this shit i'm like, not what a doctor are you, what are you even talking about like <laughs> shit like i found it i don't I, know i wonder if he even pressed them because i'm curious 
the x-ray film had to be made out of something that you could carve into. So I wonder if he had copies of the music kind of like reverse played it through a record player and the the needle on the record player feel like cut wax. the grooves. No, I mean I feel like you would you would get whatever the record is use wax or some that, yeah. sort of material to make a mold of yeah, that. Mold. Okay. And then so there's kotkey.org says um they the sheets were flammable that's why the hospital wasn't allowed to keep them but because the the way that you could press it it took the groove relatively well um as well as vinyl um and it was easily like foldable i don't know but still i, I wouldn't want to fold my record it was a called a recording lathe like a gramophone in reverse a device which you use can write the grooves of music onto Whoa. plastic see, see that's People, where oh, i was going cool. that's yeah. what i was talking about like he he reversed did the record thing and the the, the needle in the record uh, and the arm of the record player would like cut the grooves it. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of like the player piano thing we talked about. Yeah, this so this guy I guess found one of the bone records at a flea market and someone was like, "What what how did it occur to you to like play it?" And he's like, "Well, the thing is it looks like a record." <laughs> <laughs> so, in an interview with NPR, Stephen Coates, who leads the British band The Real Tuesday Weld, explained that the sound quality for these records wasn't great, but in some cases, it was also not bad. He went on to explain that while some records were virtually unlistenable, it likely didn't matter to the people who were buying them at the time. Because the music was forbidden, even faintly hearing it was thrilling and better than nothing at all. Coates also pointed out in his interview how powerful music of any kind is reflected on the fact that music mattered so much in post-World War II Russia that people would risk imprisonment to listen to it. So this website also features an online library where people can listen to recordings of these discs and experience the unique sound of musical rebellion for themselves. That's interesting. So, yeah, it's x-rayaudio.com if you guys want to check that out. But, yeah, they just there's like somebody's skull x-ray on this one. I mean, that's pretty cool. He said to buy them, it was a bit like drug dealing or buying drugs. These records were bought and sold on street corners, dark alleyways, and in parks. <laughs> Anybody want to send that? <laughs> that's cool. I feel like that's a cool thing to do, you know, when you die. Have a recording of our podcast pressed into a record that's an x-ray of all of us standing in front of each other. How do you get an x-ray of that? I don't know. I don't know how x-rays work. <laughs> no, what you do is you get cremated and you press your ashes into vinyl. And then but the vinyl recording is... is the sound of you going, Moo. remember, we've been over this. Uh, okay. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. You don't have to yell. Jeez. <laughs> um, it was emphasis. I wasn't trying to yell. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the one that was on the Ripple Music post uh says that it is a 78 rpm recording of the indian song awara by raj kapoor on an exposed chest x-ray probably from around 1951 each rib was handmade and one of a kind bone music that doesn't make any sense a testament to the underground courage to subvert authority rebellion and the love of music the spirit of rock and roll so yeah thanks kira for that Suggestion, that's pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, if you guys have any suggestions for mini episodes, then definitely send them our way. You can reach us on Facebook if you search for Death by Music Podcast fans. That's our little group. And, you know, the website, which might be glitchy. Hopefully Victoria's figured that out. Or send us an email because nobody sends us emails anymore. 
deathbypodcastteam at gmail.com. Come on, guys. The fuck? Oh, yeah. I think you were talking about nobody sending us an email, and then you never said the email in the last one. Uh, well, <laughs> it's like in... I put it in the notes, and it's like oh. easily findable. That's fine. Like, goddamn. We say it in a lot of our episodes. Um, Yeah, so reach out to us. We've got some fun episodes mini episodes coming up too um like mtv's wildest contests of the 1980s which is what we're going to talk about next week and it's fucking weird um also on patreon some new episodes for january we did what did we do tenacious d and then mm-hmm. the megan the stallion and tori lane's case which i thought was a fascinating episode even like going back and listening to it as i was editing i was like that was pretty fucking good. So $5 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon. You could buy a shirt, potentially. I don't know. Send us an email if you want a shirt, and I can send you an invoice if the website's acting up. But yeah, we got small, medium, large, extra large, and a select few, double extra large. And we'll send you some bumper stickers or whatever. I guess they're just regular. They're bumper stickers. You can put them on your bumpers. You can put them anywhere you want, because they're not made of paper, is what I'm trying to say. I hate it when they trick you with those like paper stickers. They're glossy and they look like they're plastic, but then they're fucking paper and put it on your car and then it melts off eventually and you just have like a big sticky blob. Ours won't do that because we are awesome. Thank you for listening and rest in peace. Bye. Later. Death by Music podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.